Unleavened Bread Ministries presents from your hands, your feet, your side. Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels. Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, we bless you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that you are our Father. We thank you for drawing us unto yourself. We thank you for granting us uh, repentance and drawing us to be well-pleasing in your sight and everything. We know you're about to choose your bride, and we know you're getting everybody ready, and we thank you for all the testings in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to share with you about chasing the real Jesus. Um, several revelations here, and um, I'm going to start with this one by Isaac Payne. He received on 4-10-22, and... Um, he called it the fruit of goats is not accepted. In this dream, I was standing on a tall hill. I could tell it was the most elevated hill in the area. I believe that this is probably talking about the hill of Mount Zion. Um, he said, um, as I stood gazing over all the land below, um, it was night and very dark. Um, and he put representing uh, darkness covering the land. Well, as it is now. Um, I was a shepherd in this dream. And I was wearing a tunic. And had a shepherd's staff in my hand. The area I was overlooking had pastures of green rolling hills. I believe I represent in this dream the David man-child body that is coming to shepherd the flock. Of course, we know that it is Jesus in this body of a spiritual sons of David uh, who is going to shepherd his own flock. Amen. And uh, so, so Isaac gave this text, Ezekiel 34, 23 through 25. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. He shall be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will make with them a covenant of peace, and will cause evil beasts to cease out of the land, and they shall dwell securely in the wilderness." and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in its season. There shall be showers of blessing. Yes, thank you, Lord. Good promises, Lord. Uh, in this text, the goats were not mixed with the sheep because in the next chapter, the Edomites are dealt with by the man-child Davids. 
and that's Ezekiel 35, uh, 1 through 3. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, which is, of course, the man-child, set thy face against Mount Sur, which is the leadership of Edom, or Esau, who hated his brother, and uh, prophesy against it, and say unto it, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, O Mount Sur, and I will stretch out my hand against thee, and I will make thee a desolation and an astonishment. Uh, this will be important as we move on. Okay, so uh, back to Isaac. He says, uh, uh, Jeremiah 3 and 14 and 15, Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am a husband unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart. So this moving people to Zion is to make them shepherds over the flock. I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And Jeremiah 23, uh, 3 through 5, And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. And I will set up shepherds over them who shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be lacking, says the Lord." Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will raise up unto David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as a king and deal wisely, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. So Isaac goes on, he says, As I stood looking over the pastures below, I heard a man down in the valley screaming. Looking towards the direction of the scream, I saw a commotion. I noticed an old house on the left side of the bottom of the valley. That's, of course, where Jesus put the goats on the left. But Isaac, of course, is a shepherd over sheep. Okay. Um, he went on to say, a naked man ran out of the house screaming, That's my baby goat! <laughs> uh, Revelation 3 and 17 says, Because thou sayest I am rich, and have gotten riches, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched uh, one, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Naked means not dressed up with the works of Christ. The man was yelling at a brown dog that had killed a pregnant goat and severed it in half. Um, uh, he, this naked man, I believe, represents the apostate leadership uh, over the goats. <laughs> And, uh, of course, the flock is bearing his fruit, right? I could see the baby goat was not birthed yet, but hanging out of its mother. So the dog was carrying off the dead goat, and the baby was hanging out. Okay. The brown dog was on the naked man's property, 
and was killing and stealing the livestock. The man chased the brown dog because it still had the dead mother goat in its mouth and was dragging the unborn baby goat along the way. And behind the man was his wife, who was also naked. And I believe this represents his assembly, who can't be possibly, as a bunch of goats, um, dressed up with the works of Christ, who is a lamb. (laughs) And uh, they were both chasing this dog, trying to get the baby goat. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you can't make this stuff up, folks. Come on. (laughs) As we will see, after the deep state dog attacks the apostate goats, the dog will be smitten. Uh, In the 4-21-22 morning meeting, we received by faith at random many verses which spoke of the deep state attacking the apostates. Uh, Jeremiah 52, 13 and 14 says, And he burned the house of the Lord and the king's houses and all the houses of Jerusalem, even every great house burned he with fire. That's Babylon doing its work. And all the army of the Chaldeans that were with the captain of the guard break down all the walls of Jerusalem round about. And this is apostate Jerusalem that was taken captive by Babylon, as in Zedekiah's leadership, evil leadership. Um, The brown dog began running up the hill where I stood, still carrying the severed mother goat and the baby goat, in an attempt to flee from the naked man and woman. The man was still screaming, That's my baby goat. The dog reached the hill where I was, and uh, so did the man and the woman. The dog was still trying to evade the man and woman as they wanted to retrieve their baby goat. The dog was running near me, still dragging the goat's in its mouth, and I took my shepherd's staff and swung it in the direction of the brown dog, striking it in the neck and subduing it. The dog became immobile after the forceful contact of the shepherd's staff. Well, let me say that the man-child body will smite the deep state after it smites the apostate goats. That's what we've been saying all along. And uh, so this fits the scenario very well. Um, The naked man then came to the immobile dog and grabbed the baby goat into his arms. And suddenly the baby goat turned into a child, representing this man's fruit, right? Mm -hmm. His, uh, His fruit is goat's. (laughs) his assembly are goats, and uh, he's a goat. (laughs) So uh, while in his arms, he, he turned into a child while he was in his arms. The man was positioned on my left side. And, of course, that's where Jesus put the goats. He started to walk aggressively towards the direction of my house, 
that was on top of the tallest hill, aggressively towards uh, the shepherd's house. And we, we've seen that. They've been aggressive against the shepherd's house here and abroad throughout the world. They are against the shepherd's house. All the way back through history in the Bible, they were against the shepherd's house. So, okay, history just repeats. My house was white and had a big front porch, and the porch light was illuminated. Well, um, the white house represents the bride who is following the man-child. And it's on Zion, right? I ran up to the man and took my shepherd's staff and swung it in front of the naked man who was carrying the child. I pinned my shepherd's staff against his chest and told him that he couldn't come here. Well, of course not. Uh, I would not allow him to step onto the porch or gain access to the house, even though he was intent on laying the child down onto the porch. Well, okay. I agree with that. They can't come. They will uh, do destruction in the house of God. They are eleven, and uh, not permitted in the house of God. And he's proven that by turning them over to reprobate minds so that they run off screaming. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Acts twenty twenty-eight through 30. Take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit hath made you bishops to feed the church of the Lord, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departing, grievous wolves shall enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves there shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Well, we know a lot about this now, and uh, it is certainly true. So, um, in Jeremiah... 24, 8 through 10, we see, uh, And as the bad figs which cannot be eaten, they are so bad, surely, thus saith the Lord, so will I give up Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and his princes, and the residue of Jerusalem that remaineth in this land, and them that dwell in the land of Egypt. And I will even give them up to be tossed to and fro among all the kingdoms of the earth, for evil, to be a reproach, and a proverb, and a taunt, and a curse, in all places whither I shall drive them. And that is true today. And I will send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence among them, till they be consumed from off the land that I gave unto them and to their fathers. And that's exactly what the Lord is doing. Luke 13, uh, 6 through 9. And he spake this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit thereon and found none. And he said unto the vine dresser, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why doth it also cumber the ground? In other words, it's a burden to the ground. It does not belong here, right? And he answering saith unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, 
I remember praying prayers just like this, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit thence, well, if not, uh, thou shalt cut it down. So it's obvious that the good shepherd would have his shepherds keep the flock sanctified by preaching words uh, to that order. Um, you know, the wicked can't stand listening to um, the word of truth when they don't want to do it. And they are want uh, to protect their sins and, so, and their demons and so on. So if you just preach the truth, um, they will leave. Wherever shepherds don't do their job, there is no bride body. And uh, 2 Corinthians six fourteen through 18 says, Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what fellowship have righteousness and iniquity? Or what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? See, one of them is really the kingdom of the devil. You see, there are uh, mixed among the disciples and being weeded out and gathered together into bundles of tares to burn them. That's what the Lord said would happen at the end. That's what's happening. Or what portion hath a believer with an unbeliever? They don't believe the Word of God. They don't obey the Word of God. They're goats. And what agreement hath a temple of God with idols? For we are a temple of the living God. Even as God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come ye out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord. And touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be to you a father, and you shall be to me sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. And First Corinthians 5, 6 through 12, uh, if a, a body keeps these words, they will be a clean body uh, and blessed and uh, and growing in the manifestation of Christ in them, right? 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 12. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth a whole lump? Purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, even as you are unleavened. For our Passover also hath been sacrificed, even Christ. Wherefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. <clears throat> I wrote unto you in my epistle to have no company with fornicators. Let me tell you, the goats are fornicators. The biggest sin among them uh, is this. And some of it, of course, we didn't find out until afterwards, and some of it we found out while they were there. But, you know, they don't want their sins uncovered. Uh, not at all meaning with the fornicators of this world. So, I mean, we're not to judge the world, right? They're, they're in sin. They have no uh, way out of it. Uh, but the people who call themselves Christians have an ability to walk away from it, if they will. 
or with the covetous and extortioners and with idolaters, for then must you needs go out of the world. You can't get away from those people. They're the people of the world. But you can get away from people who come into the church claiming to be Christians. But as it is, I wrote unto you not to keep company if any man that is named a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner. And they wonder why we don't want them in our midst. They're unrepented, they're into these things, and they're unrepented. With such a one, no, not to eat. For what have I do to do with judging them that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? And, uh, of course, he's shaming them because they're, they're too lax on throwing out this leaven that leavens the whole lump. So if a person does do this and is obedient, although you really don't have to run off these goats, they just don't like you. <laughs> they leave. <laughs> Time is uh, running out to leave Babylon. This is a revelation given to Deb Horton on 3.22.22. When I sat down at the computer to send in the verse I received for 3.22.22, which was Revelation uh, 20 and 4, that seemed to trigger uh, the partial memory of this dream, and the pieces came back to me. Uh, Revelation 20 and 4, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and such as worshipped not the beast, neither his image, and received not the mark upon their forehead and upon their hand, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Okay, so there are, as we have taught, and was taught to us, uh, that this mark of the beast is both spiritual and physical, and those who have the spiritual mark of the beast in their mind uh, and on their hand is talking about in the, the mind of the flesh and the works of the flesh will also receive a mark to come because, well, they justify themselves and they don't obey the word. So we see these people popping up, you know, that uh, really don't have respect for the word and they walk after the flesh and the mind of the flesh. And they will take the mark of the beast, the physical mark, when it comes. And um, she says, the dream pieces I recall are, I dreamed there was a very large multi-story house with a lot of rooms and a lot of people. Well, I believe this multi-storied house represents uh, the Babylonish harlot church. The people had to leave, and uh, time was running out. So those who were still left were rushing around, but not quite to the frantic point yet. <laughs> well, we know Revelation 18 and 4 says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come forth, my people, out of her, that you have no fellowship with her sins, and that you receive not 
of her plagues. Hmm. Well, they're receiving the plagues. You can see it, that they're receiving them. And then the last one hasn't come yet, but it will. And uh, many are going to be taken down, not only the plagues, but Babylon conquered the apostate church with the plagues, with the sword, and with famine. Hmm. So time is running out to come out of her to avoid her plagues, very plainly. She said the lightning was dim, the lighting was dim <laughs> throughout the entire house, and the corners of all of the rooms were pretty much dark, making the rooms seem smaller than they were. A person could not leave the house until they had chosen certain items to take and decide which items needed to be left behind and I knew it was very important for them to choose wisely. Yes, when you're leaving Babylon, there are things you want to take, and there's other things you don't want to take, right? You want to leave it with Babylon where it belongs. Joshua 24 and 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. True. And also, Revelation 3, uh, 14 through 17, says this, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, and I would thou wert cold or hot. So, because thou art lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, the Lord spoke to me one day and said, this is talking about being spit out of the body of Christ. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and have gotten riches, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art the wretched one, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. It's very important that we leave behind our idols and run after the Lord at this time, and especially come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Amen. Then I was in a room on the first story, and I think I made a comment to someone about there's still time. We will have a short time before the mid-trib when the mark of the beast is implemented and the final choices are made. We uh, have a short time for the tribulation. Uh, dragon is seeking to devour uh, the um, the bride or the woman seeking to devour the woman. And, of course, they won't get the real, true woman church of Christ. The dragon will not take them out. It will take out those who are the goats. Amen. And it's happening. Then somehow I was in the walkout basement uh, where the lighting was almost too dim to be able to see except for the light of a cloudy day coming in 
from an open door to the outside behind me. And that door was the only way somebody could leave the house. Hmm. So the only way to escape the house of the apostate uh, women is through humbling oneself to the gospel, uh, the word of Jesus, who is the door. John 10 and 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go out in and go out and shall find pasture. Amen. You know, many of us have gone into seeking after the Lord, apostate churches, realized it after a while and moved, we thought, whatever it was, a step higher or closer to God. And that's a path that people take quite often. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you keep moving and keep uh, trusting in the Lord to show you and reveal to you, uh, well, for one thing, the goats. <laughs> At that point in the dream, I knew everything going on around me had to do with the Game of Thrones and that once a person exited outside, they were entering into the Game of Thrones. Well, we know that there is a battle between the throne of Jesus and the throne of Satan over who will win, right? However, um, the Lord has the inside on this thing, and uh, he has created uh, the waster to destroy. And uh, Satan is ordained to get those that are his. And the Lord has ordained to get those who are his. And we will tell because the overcomers are his. And the goats and the tares will be gathered together to be burned. Uh, then I was outside the house and there was this person. I don't know if they were a man or a woman. On Conifer Street. Conifers are mostly evergreen trees, right? And uh, near the top street of Hickory Hills from my old subdivision. And hickory trees uh, have sweet, edible nuts. They were carrying a white stone jar that was radiating light. Hmm. I knew they were taking it back to the house in order to try and help the people still left inside. Uh, we call that of the house, of course. It's an apostate church, okay? Or the apostate church. But I knew the jar contained even worse demons. So it's radiating light, but it's even worse demons than the ones the people in the house were escaping from. Okay, that's true. I mean, God uh, sends a delusion to those that uh, believe a lie. Right? So these are, of course, angels slash demons of light, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, fashioning themselves into apostles of Christ. Yes, there's a 
a plague of these people running around calling themselves apostles and prophets and even pastors and whatever. It's a plague. And no moral, for even Satan fashions himself into an angel of light. It's no great thing, therefore, if his ministers also fashion themselves as ministers of light, or ministers of righteousness here, uh, whose end shall be according to their works. A couple of their main delusions are, <laughs> well, in these days, uh, aliens, uh, but we know them as demons, who will deceive many so-called Christians and cause them to embrace a, a New Age Christianity agenda, which is Antichrist, by the way. And uh, the jar radiating light represents the deception of the New Age movement and their thousand years of peace, I believe, on, on at least one level. I'm sure it's more than that, but on at least one level. Uh, they do not believe in the book of Revelation, which will prove them wrong shortly. Uh, they'll make up an excuse and keep going, but their main doctrine is they don't believe that. They believe we are now entering the thousand years of peace. And, of course, these people have gathered around uh, the latest beast, Media Persia, conquered by uh, Cyrus Trump. Okay. Matthew 24 and 24 says, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. True. So I quickly walked up and told the person, You're carrying demons. That jar contains demons. Don't take it. Remember, we're not supposed to take some things out of Babylonish Christianity. Supposed to leave them there. The person just would not believe me. I assumed the jar was alabaster because it was translucent. The jar was uh, cylindrical, about 14 inches tall, and maybe 14 to 15 inches around. And then I woke up. The other day I ran across a comment in an article that said New World Order doesn't stand for New World Order <laughs> or Nazi World Order. That's NWO too, right? And when I asked aloud, then what does it stand for? I immediately received Nephilim World Order. Okay, well, I'll just share you a little bit what I think about the Nephilim, okay? In my interpretation of the Nephilim is that they were fallen men inhabited by fallen angels. Angels do not mix with men. You cannot cross angels and men. That's silliness, okay? And Jesus said the same thing. They're not capable to do this. So Genesis 6 and 4 says the Nephilim were in the earth in those days, and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. So, well, let me share with you a little something here. The, the sons of God are not the angels. It's not scriptural. 
uh, the sons of God was uh, uh, Abel's uh, seed um, and passed on down, you know, um, uh, Abel and then Seth, and Seth's seed was passed on down. And uh, it was Adam who was called a, a son of God. It was Adam's seed. But then there was Cain, and he was not of God. Cain was of the evil one. So God, as in all generations, including this one, he does not permit us to intermarry with the seed of Cain. Because you end up with a hybrid. We've been intermarrying for a long, long time. But as you know from nature, uh, well, let me just point this out. The sons of God were Adam and Seth's descendants who intermarried and did not cross with the children of Cain, who were possessed of fallen angels or demons. God was displeased that they did cross because it created hybrid offspring that were an abomination to God. Uh, when two lineages remain separate and then eventually intermarry, uh, well, when they remain separate, they intermarry, they intermarry and they deteriorate genetically. That's just the facts. If down the line they cross over with another intermarried group, uh, they naturally create a superior being in, one, in, in the flesh regard, not in the spirit regard. But in this case, Cain was a fallen demon-possessed lineage so they were superior, naturally speaking. This brought forth a superior natural being. That's where the giants came from, okay? Uh, not giants in the letter, right? Giants as, as great men. You know, there's no great uh, preachers out there that are adored by the public. Uh, these are great men because they're mixtures. The world can't take a great man like Jesus. You understand? They can take a mixture. Okay? So let me translate this into our day. Uh, who are the men of renown? They're not pure blood, the blood of Jesus. They've crossed with demons. Okay? So they took the jar of light, uh, but were told this would be a worse demonic deception. So, could this dream be showing, they ask, the battle between two demonic groups, with the second deception being that of the, quote, good guys, unquote, aliens from outer space, the jar, are the final end-time delusions, and uh, they're the ones who will require the mark to participate in their era of plenty. And I've always thought that people will clamor to take the mark, but couldn't figure out why. Well, I agree with that. Uh, that there is a demonic delusion waiting in the wings, and it's going to take many. And it is demons deceiving people, as from the beginning. Well, uh, the bride doesn't participate in the apostate 
costume party. That's this revelation given to Claire Pinar, 127-22. And she said, In this dream, Rion and I were working tirelessly to clean a room. It was not our room, but part of a larger house I was not familiar with in the natural. Um, and we believe that this is representing the man, child, and bride who are the first fruits and are working tirelessly, tirelessly to sanctify a portion of God's house. Although it is God's apostate house here in this place, the room was square and had three white walls and a concrete floor, and there was a big window uh, for the fourth side uh, of this room, and they had a sliding door that was closed. Um, thin gossamer-type type curtains were in front of this glass sliding door. So white walls means purification and separation from the world. And the fourth wall, being a window, represents discernment and clear vision, attributes that anyone in the church must have. Amen. So in cleaning up uh, <clears throat> this apostate church, uh, this is what it must become, or uh, the judgment will fall upon Babylon, right? Coming out from among them is this process of purification, separation, true discernment from the Word, clear vision from the Word, and so on. We seem to be sought out by many people dressed in costumes. Hmm, that's interesting. These people in costumes represent the apostate Christians who are play-acting or playing church. In other words, they were not being transparent by letting their real self be known. Okay. Romans 2, 28 and 29 says, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So they were all just outside the window and sliding door waiting for us to open up the door. So they had sanctified this room here, okay? And we see that these people want to enter in, kind of like the goat and wanting to enter the lamb's house, right? Um, they thought we were having a party. It seems that these people were dressed like they were going to a Halloween party, but not necessarily with the intention to be scary. However, they were still quite scary because they had dark costumes on with much dark makeup. Well, I think that their lives and their works are in darkness because they are submitted to their father, the devil. And uh, they are a test for us. Jesus, as a type, ran into these same kind of people who were playing church but were unregenerate in nature. John eight forty two through 44 
Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came, now this is the religious people who believe they are the people of God and actually have the Old Testament word of God at that time, okay? Uh, you would love me, for I came forth and am come from God. For neither have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father it is your will to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and standeth not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father thereof. Well, now he's talking to church people here. <laughs> Sad to say, it's still the truth. At least uh, three of these people had uh, names that were derivatives of the name Nicola. And uh, she said, I believe this represents that a fair portion of those who think that walking with the Lord is one big party are part of the Nicolaitan error. Hmm, okay. Nicola, the Nicolaitan error. None of these people could come into this room we were cleaning. They were waiting on the glass outside the front of the room. Well, when you get the room clean, uh, they can't enter in. And that's what the process has been for some time, is cleaning up the room, getting out the people like this, you know. Uh, and that's God's job. We preach the word, and it falls on good ears and bad ears, okay? And sooner or later, they show up. Well, the Nicolaitan error, which Jesus hates, according to Revelation 2 and 6, makes a distinction between the clergy and the laity, creating a caste kind of system in which the clergy or ruling class demand tithes of the laity who are the peasants. And, <laughs> and this type of relationship is, is foreign to and undermines the principles of the church government as established by Jesus. Matthew 23, 1-12. Then spake Jesus to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. All things, therefore, whatsoever they bid you, these do and observe. But do not ye after their works, for they say, and do not. Yea, they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with their little finger. Hmm. Well, that's that hypocrisy, right? But all their works they do to be seen of men, for they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the chief place at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and the salutations in the marketplaces, and to be called of men rabbi. But be ye not called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father on earth, he 
He's not talking about your earthly father, but uh, they often called their religious leaders father, right? Call no man your father on earth, for one is your father, even he who is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even the Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be humbled, and whosoever shall humble himself shall be exalted. Two young girls, one who had very dark skin with long braids, and one who looked like a corpse, (laughs) wanted to show me how they do deliverance. And they assured me that they were part of UBM, or unleavened bread, right? So Rion, um, Claire's husband, made this note. He said, these girls represent those who add to the word and show that they don't have faith, but have self-works, which is leaven, and thus they are not part of the unleavened bread ministry, so to speak. Uh, By their works... They are judged. The dark girl with long braids represents submission to darkness and false braided beauty or glory, which, of course, the Bible warns us against, right? Uh, The other girl who uh, looks like a corpse represents those in dead religion who are spiritually dead. Well... True, Uh, Matthew 23 and 27 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchers, which outwardly appear beautiful, but inwardly are full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Amen. I went out to watch them, Claire said, as I prayed in the Spirit the entire time. I wept when they showed me their version of deliverance because it was not the biblical way. Of course, Satan doesn't cast out Satan, right? Jesus said that. It's not works but faith that casts out demons. I was so sad. It looked like they were attacking the stars. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. Uh, Genesis 26 3 and 4 says, I will establish the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven. So the stars are God's people. Even though some of them ultimately fall away and fall to the earth, they represent God's people or sons of Abraham through faith, right? And if we permit leaven to creep into the church, it is an attack on the spiritual stars of Abraham. So that's their attacking the stars, right? Well, Isaiah 9 and 15 um, says, The elder and the honorable man, he is the head. And the prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tail. And I'm suspecting that this is the dragon. Uh, And notice parts of the church are parts of the dragon. Revelation 12 and 4, And his, that is the dragon's, tail draweth a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Do you want them in your church? (laughs) 
And the dragon standeth before the woman that is about to be delivered, that when she is delivered, he may devour her child. And of course, I, as I have shared with you, I already know what God has told me, and that is that those parts of the church who are members of the dragon are seeking to devour the man-child before being caught up to the throne. That's what they're seeking to do. They will fail. When I went back into the room, Rion and I were so sweaty and we wanted to clean ourselves up. I think the plan was for Rion to play one of UBM's teachings in this room. And I realized that the only thing I had to wear with all these dressed up people was my old wedding dress. Hmm. Well, our old wedding dress was to please the natural man, right? But the new one pleases the heavenly man, right? So that's what she had. The only thing she had was that old wedding dress, right? And you know, when you have your weddings, your natural weddings, it is to please the husband, right? And, of course, now we have this new husband who sows his seed in our hearts, according to the parable of the sower, and we got to please him, right? Isaiah 52 and 1, Awake, awake, and put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Wow. This is happening. The Lord is um, oh, causing these people to be offended. And, and as you'll see in just a few minutes, that's what happened to these two uh, girls. They were offended. They get, they get offended easily and think they have a right to be offended. That's the faction. Okay. So I went to a closet that now appeared in this room and all the clothes hanging in it did not belong to me. The only garment that was mine was my real wedding dress uh, from my natural wedding that was stuffed on the top shelf. I knew I could not fit into, that's true, my old wedding dress because it was too small. Okay. Uh, that's good. We don't want to go back that way. Obviously, we have a new wedding dress and a new husband, and this is the important thing in, in, in entering the kingdom. So the old wedding dress represents being married to our old fleshly man, and we must have a new wedding garment to participate in the marriage feast of the Lamb, who is the husband of our spiritual man. The bride has on a lampros garment that is the righteous acts of the saints, Revelation 19 and 8. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. I felt bad now that I could not be more welcoming to these folks outside by putting on my old wedding garment, but what could I do? 
and she has in parentheses, those in the running for a place in the bride cannot do anything by self-will or fleshly works. This is true. I stayed sweaty in my blue denim three-quarter pants. When I was young, they called them pedal pushers, but there's not so many people pushing pedals anymore. (laughs) My blue denim three-quarter pants and a gray top. The blue denim uh, three-quarter pants could possibly represent not yet having attained the hundredfold glory in our walk but still walking in the heavenlies as best as the Lord allows through grace, while committing uh, to death to self. And Rion, too, stayed in his work clothes, but I could not remember what he wore. Well, I believe that this represents being weak to the weak. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 21 through 23, when you're dealing with people that you want to come fully into the kingdom, and they're being tested, of course, to see if they will obey the word of the Lord and come and enter in. But some do not, okay? But you have to uh, be weak to the weak because you want to lift them up slowly. They're coming out of one uh, phase of life that's very evil and wicked and want to you you want them to be gracefully introduced to the kingdom life right so first corinthians 9 21 through 23 to them that are without law as without law not being without law to god but under law to christ that i might gain them that are without law and to the weak i became weak that I might gain the weak. I am become all things to all men, that I may by all means save some. And I do all things for the gospel's sake, that I may be a joint partaker thereof. So these two young girls came up to me again through the window and sliding door and wanted so much attention. And, um, you know, let me say, those people uh, many times will try to distract you, okay? Then I said, I am not a pastor's wife. I am not currently trying to walk. I am currently trying to walk like Jesus. That's all I can offer. And they were offended and said, that's not very loving. Well, there they go. They're offended because somebody didn't want to give in to their way of going and doing things, okay? I didn't know how to love them like they wanted to be loved. I didn't know how to give them what they wanted. I knew I couldn't. Well, we must love them by gradually and gracefully turning them to truth. As far as you can bring them down that road, fine. Um, if they depart, that's just part of it. Uh, sudden changes scare many when they, they don't have enough fear of the Lord. They're not highly motivated. And so you have to be graceful with people like that to see if they are one of the chosen. He that is of God hears the words of God. 
but the words of God have to be given gracefully to people who are ignorant, right? So the true love of Christ is agape love, being ready to lay down your life for your friends. Amen. I asked the Lord for a word by faith at random and received Psalm seventy-one twenty-four. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long. For they are put to shame, for they are confounded that seek my hurt. Yes, it's true. And we have seen people spiritually die because of that. They bite the hand that feeds them. So, um, and this next one was given to Claire also. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit lead. 3.10.22 I dreamed I was in my mother's house. Well, the mother's house in this case, as you read the text, you can see, represents the original mother church. Okay. I was getting ready to court Ignis Dupree's. His name is important because it means fire from the meadow. And we believe that this represents the Holy Spirit latter rain anointing that will be upon the man-child who is caught up to the throne authority uh, at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation and uh, the great revival that, that follows this. While I was getting ready, I remember not being happy that I had to go out with these friends of mine, but I was thrilled to be seeing Ignis. So this is like the bride running after the groom, right? And being distracted by the queens and concubines and so on and so forth, but running after the groom. It seemed I was scheduled to have an afternoon with my worldly friends, and I did not want to be with them. I had even said no to their invitation. And in the dream, I felt like uh, by going with them, I was being obedient and not being led by my flesh. Sometimes we're led by the Holy Spirit to interact with the world, God directs our paths, and we must be willing to listen and obey the Holy Spirit. This is true. And Isaiah 6 and 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Amen. I was then at a huge water park with these worldly friends. And this water park likely represents the apostate institutional church that plays in the water of the living word for entertainment. It's not fresh, but stagnant. It's not moved by, uh, it is moved by man's means and not the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. They don't bother to get filled with the Holy Spirit before they go, although Jesus commanded that. These friends included a friend from my high school years named Linda, whose name means Pretty Serpent. Hmm. 2 Corinthians 11 and 14 says, And no marvel, for even Satan fashions himself into an angel of light. Yes. 
all her accountant friends who work in finance industry were with her and were all paired up and happy uh, and kind of making fun of me for waiting for Ignis to arrive. <laughs> yeah, sounds like Song of Solomon, doesn't it? The um, apostates always ridicule the bride for her fervent devotion to the groom, right? Jesus. Song 5 and 9 says, What is thy beloved more than another beloved, O thou fairest among women? What is thy beloved more than another beloved, that thou dost so adjure us? In other words, the bride is a fanatic to run after the Lord. All these worldly people thought Ignis was going to be this lean, weedy character, and I was so tired of defending him to them. <laughs> you, know, you know about that, don't you? But I did it anyway. I said, he's been at the finance game longer than most of you. Well, of course, they serve another Jesus who is weak and powerless and is not good at providing for their financial needs. This causes them to sell chicken dinners to build their buildings and or put their people under the law of the tithe and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, and she says, yes, in the natural, this man is very successful in his accounting profession, but spiritually, our Lord is our provider and protector. He came to give us life and life abundantly, not only in the spiritual, but in the physical, to make sure our needs are met so that we can joyfully serve him and minister to the body. Amen. Good comment. And uh, Claire went on to say, the water park uh, was owned by Linda's dad and his wife. Mmm. Doesn't sound good. And everything about the water park was off or slightly incorrect. Well, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, doesn't it? They kept on gloating about how fancy and upscale this park was. Yes, they have beautiful buildings. <laughs> Remember Jesus preaching against the biggest uh, building that they had? The most important, their temple, right? That they wasn't gonna, He wasn't going to leave one block on top of another one? Oh, my goodness. Um, and how elite it was. But in reality, it was very flashy and gaudy and looked like it was stuck in the 70s era. Wow, I, I see a lot of religious people like that. Mm, the megachurches these days uh, draw people to them with their big fancy church buildings and the entertainment of their praise and worship teams and the children's ministries, but they don't feed the people with the spiritual food of the true gospel. The 70s is when the charismatic movement started in the churches, and, and it was eventually hijacked by the false revival movement. And that caused a lot of spiritual and physical death, and still is. I was genuinely kind to them, and the owner and his partner appreciated my manners. 
Linda and all her friends had a plan to use inflatables or floating devices to go down these little man-made rapids for fun. While afterwards, everyone could stay over in the best room in the hotel that was attached to this water park. Well, the best that the apostates have to offer, which involves self-works of justification uh, for God's people, is still very inferior to what the Lord had intended for his original church, which is a continual Sabbath rest of ceasing from our own works. Amen. You remember how Jesus sat out there on a rock and taught the disciples? And, of course, the Pharisees and Sadducees had the big temple, and uh, they looked down their nose at Jesus. But it's the same way today. Ignis finally arrived, and I was beyond thrilled to see him. He had a, a brand new mountain bike for me, and also one for him. Well, of course, I believe when the man-child arrives on the scene, he will equip the bride to be able to go with him anywhere he goes, uh, including the wilderness, right? <laughs> He will give all of his uh, overcomers hinds feet in order to traverse all the high places in the heavenlies with him, right? And Habakkuk 3 and 19 says, Lord, the Lord is my strength, and he maketh my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. Amen. Uh, these were strapped on his light blue car. The car was particularly beautiful and classy, like a fancy European car. It was very light blue and looked custom painted. Well, the light blue car, I believe, represents the man-child's vehicle that is a sanctified body and uh, walking in heavenly places in Christ. And uh, then she says, the car represents the more excellent way of walking in the perfect love of Christ, 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one. but desire earnestly the greater gifts, and moreover, a most excellent way show I unto you. And Claire said, the love Ignis had for me was embarrassing for the worldly people around us because he treated me like a real lady. These people I was with could not understand or receive this kind of love. He was so caring and respectful and thoughtful. Well, Hosea 2, 19-20 says this, And I will betroth thee unto me forever, Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness, in justice, and in loving kindness, and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. And Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, The Lord appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Hmm. 
Ignis had a white room at the end of this run-down place. <laughs> uh, and he took me there to wait while he did a lap in the rapids ahead of the other's plans. Well, the white room of sanctification is where the bride awaits her man-child. Um, she said, he, he brought his own inflatable canoe, and he was amazing on the water. Well, let me say that nobody knows how to handle the water of the Word like Jesus. <laughs> and he, uh, he lives in this man-child. He should be living in all of us, you know, uh, 30, 60, and 100-fold, right? Um, other people at the water park, as well as these worldly friends, really started noticing him. That's a good thing. And, uh, of course, when the latter rain anointing falls on the man-child body of believers, this is for the purpose of them recognizing one who is sent by God, as happened in Jesus' day. Uh, his ability to conquer the curses of this world, represented by the rapids, uh, is going to impress many and uh, lead to a great revival. Amen. He told me we'd use the mountain bikes after we left this place. Uh, she said, you typically use the mountain bikes in rough terrain, like in a wilderness or climbing a mountain. Amen. He had amazing uh, strong arms and legs, and even his abdomen was like a block of muscle. It was not appealing to me in a fleshly sense, but he was so strong. And, of course, this is representing spiritual strength, you know, that the Lord and the godly have. I kept on thinking about how big and strong his legs were. Well, the strong arms and legs, I believe, represent strong works and walk. Isaiah 50 and 2 says this, Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? And when I called, was there none to answer? In my hand, is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stink because there is no water and die for thirst. True. He came to me after he did his lap in the rapids, and then we did the same thing together. And that's, of course, the man-child's job is to lead the bride in his own steps, right? And, of course, the man-child is walking in the steps of Jesus. So what was really impressive is that we were swimming upstream in these rapids like salmon, except it took no effort and we were enjoying ourselves. You've heard about my dreams about going upstream, right? It's contrary to the world is what it means and the nature, right? At one point, we jumped about five feet into the air to land on top of the next rapid. That's kind of like those salmon, right? And so we went going backwards until we reached the start 
of the rapids. This really got people talking and noticing. I bet. <laughs> well, Jesus in the man-child will teach the bride to go against all of the natural ways of man and against all of the curses of this world represented by those rapids, right? And together, they will get much attention from those stuck in the powerless, lukewarm church system. And after the rapids, Ignis went back to the white room and was hooking my bike back to his car. Uh, in the dream, I had a vision of the hotel room I was supposed to stay in with these friends. It was really a very sad-looking room, about a one-star room, <laughs> if I had to rate it. It only had the, these uh, ugly, yellow, floral sleeper couches and no real beds. Well, there's no rest right there. And these couches were stained and had black dog hair all over them. I said I would never have slept here. I am glad I am with Ignis. All right. Well, the black dog hair represents the rebellious dogs who are submitted to darkness and who, after knowing the way of righteousness, they return again to their own vomit. Second Peter two seventeen through twenty two, these are springs without water, mists driven by a storm, for whom the blackness of darkness hath been reserved, for uttering, uttering great swelling words of vanity they entice in the lusts of the flesh by lasciviousness those who are just escaping from them that live in error promising them liberty while they themselves are bondservants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he also brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the last state is become worse with them than the first. For it were better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered unto them. It was happened to them according to the true proverb. The dog turning his, to his own vomit again and the sow that had washed to wallowing in the mire. Yep. Then Ignis came to me and said, It's time to go. The people who owned this water park and hotel had said that they no longer help people out of the water on their mechanical lifts because it costs too much. Well, um, they don't sit down and count the cost of true discipleship before they make the commitment, so they, uh, being uh, in disrepute uh, on the name of Christ and the kingdom of God. Luke fourteen twenty six through 33 says, If any man cometh unto me, and hateth not his own father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Of 
sports. This is hating their uh, natural or fallen life, right? We have to hate that. It, it takes control over our kins and so on. Whosoever doth not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You can't. You have to lose your life to gain your life. That old life will drag you down. You must turn against it. For which of you desiring to build a tower doth not first sit down and count the cost, whether he hath wherewith to complete it? Lest happily when he hath laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all that behold begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, as he goeth to encounter another king in war, does not sit down first and take counsel whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? <laughs> or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and asketh conditions of peace. So therefore, whosoever he be of you that renounceth not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So we're obviously not owners anymore. We are just stewards. It belongs to him. He gives the orders. But Ignis just said, bring the boat. And they did whatever Ignis wanted and then they pretended it was their decision. It was quite comical to me. Yes, Ignis will have authority over the people under the curse. Ignis and I and the car, the bikes, and the canoe were lifted out of the water onto a huge white ship. This white ship represents the ark of safety that is lifted off of the earth that the bride will be in during the seven-year tribulation. Yep, the white ship. My friends stayed behind in the water park saying, This is good for you for now. But none of them wanted to take Ignis seriously. The love between he and I changed from him being devoted to me to me being devoted to him. And the more he did to show his capabilities and the more I was drawn in and I was in complete submission to him out of awe. Well, amen. So Song of Solomon 1 and 4 says, Draw me, we will run after thee. That's the Shulamite, the perfected one speaking. The king hath brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will make mention of thy love more than of wine. Rightly do they love thee. Amen. We were drawn up out of that water park and were together in this white boat with all of our transportation vehicles with us. And then I woke up. Well, amen. The Lord showed us a boat. <laughs> well, we call this one Seeing Jesus. It was given to Elena Timoshuk, 4-20-22. I dreamt that my husband David and I drove 
to our old church that we used to attend. Well, this represents the apostate religious system that we are warned to come out of. There was a small group of youth there, and we all went to a gravel road, and we were sitting on the side of the road in the ditch. <laughs> uh, Matthew 15 and 14 says, Let them alone. They are blind guides, and if the blind guide the blind, both shall fall into a pit. Well, the majority of youth or young Christians are sidelined from the way as soon as they get saved and, and swept up into apostate Christianity. And, of course, if they continue in the Word, they will say, there's something wrong here. This doesn't look quite right. And eventually they will leave, which is what happened to the Timoshucks. Psalm 58 and 3, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. You see, they're distracted immediately. And um, they're taught to worship the pastor, and of course any sins he's in is okay with us too, you know. Um, so she went on to say, David was with the guys, and I was sitting next to a girl. Uh, we should always be ready to help those who have fallen into a pit or a ditch, you know, obviously. And Luke 14 and 5 says, And answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit, and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? This is true. We always want to be helpful in the Lord, but we have to follow His Spirit, right? It was nighttime, and we were all just sitting and talking, and then I heard loud rumbles of thunder coming in. Well, this is a time of darkness, and the thunder represents the judgments that are coming upon the world at the time when Jesus returns in the man-child body of ministers at the beginning of the tribulation. I asked the group if we needed to go and seek shelter. And the girl I was with teased me of being afraid. I told her I wasn't and started to cast down the fear that tried to come on me. And then lightning struck, and the fear of being struck by lightning tried to come on me. And I started casting that down as well. Then what I thought was a really bright stroke of lightning was shining continuously, and I closed my eyes and said, In the name of Jesus, I command the lightning to not strike me. Then a thought came to my mind to open my eyes and look at the lightning, but I kept my eyes shut. Then the thought came again, so I opened my eyes and looked at the light. And what I thought was lightning was actually a really bright light, and I saw Jesus, and everyone with us saw him too. Mm -hmm. We were in such awe and were filled with his love and joy. Well, Jesus is coming. And he's bringing much light 
to the earth. And some are going to love it. And some are going to hide from it because they enjoy their sin. Well, then the scene changed and David was driving a car. My mom was next to him in the passenger seat. And I was in the back. David was telling her about something really cool that happened the night before, but he left out the part of where we saw Jesus. And so I told him, quote, you, you left out the best part of the last night, unquote. And I started trying to tell my mom how we saw Jesus. But she instantly shut it down and said, Oh, yeah, I heard everyone talking about it at the church um, from the other youth who we were with. Uh, and that's just magic. <laughs> Isaiah 5, 20 through 21 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness. Uh, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and are and prudent in their own sight. I was so shocked at what she said that she didn't believe that Jesus would show himself to us. Well, sometimes, and they don't believe Jesus will talk to you. I sat quiet for a bit, surprised and a little confused, and then I asked my mom what she thought about people that had dreams where Jesus would come and take them to heaven and show them around and take them back. And she told me that was simply magic as well. I asked my mom how she could think that when magic is witchcraft. Well, our... Mother religion, which is the situation here, uh, many times does not believe in anything supernatural. But as we know, Christianity is, all through the scriptures, a supernatural religion. Okay? And, uh, of course, the New Testament is mightily so. Then the scene changed again, and I was in a room, and I opened the door to a closet. I saw a round, extremely bright light and a dark figure in the middle of it. It seemed like the sun, and it was just so bright that I couldn't see what was in front of it. I squinted my eyes to try to see better, and suddenly I saw all of the light form into the figure, and it was Jesus. In other words, all the light like the sun was in, went into Jesus. God's drawing attention to Jesus. And the man-child is going to draw attention to Jesus. And the anointing uh, first came upon Jesus so that God, the people's attention would be upon him. And it's going to be the same with the mad-child, except it's going to be the latter rain instead of the former rain. But history is repeating. So Jesus loved to reveal himself to us, especially in his word. He appeared to his first disciples after his death, and the door was closed. It was supernatural. <laughs> and uh, the word living in Jesus is very bright. 
Um, so I exclaimed, you are the son. And she uses the term S-U-N slash S-O-N with exclamation. You are the son. He was smiling at me, and I felt such awe, love, and joy that just emanated from him. I was staring so hard at his face, trying to memorize every single feature because I didn't want to forget what he looked like. Well, that's why we study the Scriptures, which is the light of Jesus, so we can see what he looks like, so we don't follow another Jesus, right? I was just quiet and staring so hard, studying him, and then he let out a joyful laugh as if it both pleased and amused him uh, how hard I was studying his features. <laughs> yeah, Second Corinthians 3 and 18 says, But we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And it has to be the real Lord. That's why we study the Scriptures, the real Lord. The mirror, the glory of the Lord, are transformed into that same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord, the Spirit. If we are unveiled, we see Jesus, the real Jesus, in the mirror, so that we can be like Him. I just didn't want to forget a single detail of what He looked like. Yes, I can understand that. Well, this is a really cool one here, too. The Comforter is Come. This is Zoe Asageda, 4-20-22. And Winnie, her mom, said, My five-year-old daughter, Zoe, asked the Lord for a dream a while back, and we told her the Lord would give her dreams. She woke up excited this morning because she saw the Lord in her dream. I wanted to share this with the body because I think it is cool how the Lord speaks to and through children sometimes. In her dream, she saw two doves fly up to a mountain, and they had crayons in their mouths, and they began to draw a picture of Jesus. <laughs> well, I think the doves represent the comforter, that Jesus said would reveal him to his disciples, right? Um, all you have to do is pray and ask God. His Holy Spirit will reveal to you Jesus. Then she said she saw Jesus appear after that. So that's what the does were doing. They were revealing this true Jesus. And then she woke up. Well, Jesus, we know is the king of the mountain. It does fly, fly up to the mountain and to reveal if somebody is on the mountain or the kingdom of God, they will get this revelation, right? <laughs> the verse that came to me about that was John 15 and 26. But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall bear witness of me. Amen. So I asked for a verse at random by faith as well and received Luke 13 and 17. 
And he said these things, as he said, and as he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. How awesome. How awesome. The revelation of Jesus. When you pray to God to reveal Jesus to you, uh, also ask Him, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit's job of take of taking of Jesus and revealing it unto you. That's His job. That's what He does. So, you will notice out there among the religious groups that there are some who believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit as the book of Acts depicts this. And there are others that believe they got the Holy Spirit when they got saved, which is totally unscriptural. Um, and those ones that believe in receiving the Holy Spirit in the method that was used in the book of Acts, they have a greater revelation of Jesus. And they believe in the supernatural. And they believe that uh, Jesus can move through them. And they believe that he still heals, he still delivers, he, all these things. The Holy Spirit uh, that has come upon the Spirit-filled people reveals the same Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Religion has made him something that he is not. Okay? Dead religion uh, believes that they can be disciples, which means a learner and a follower, without the supernatural. And this is not possible. Jesus said, these signs will accompany them that believe. And then he spoke of supernatural things, right? And he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And these were supernatural things, right? So Jesus is the one who has a right to tell us who disciples are, and they are supernatural people. And then he told his disciples to go out and make disciples and teach them to observe everything that Jesus told the first disciples. So therefore, all of that was passed on to us, except religion destroyed it. So, um, everyone needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit to have the revelation of Jesus and to follow Jesus. Those who don't have the Holy Spirit, in most cases, are just in bondage to their mind and rules and regulations. Some they accept and some they don't. <laughs> but uh, you can't follow Jesus with your mind. I mean, when God created the temple, um, he created the Holy of Holies, which was the place of God's presence. The Holy of Holies is your spirit. It must be sanctified. It must be born from above. But then when they prayed to um, anoint the temple, the Holy Spirit came into the Holy of Holies. And that's what you need to lead your spirit. Your spirit is willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. Your flesh is not. 
But uh, a born-again spirit can have the Holy Spirit. He must be invited. And if you invite him, he will lead you and give you a revelation of the real Jesus. Not uh, an apostate Jesus, right? Not a, a Jesus of the wicked world or the worldly church. Um, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And don't touch those unclean things. And of course, he will be to you a father, and you shall be to him sons and daughters. Amen? So uh, the falling away that is coming because of the tail of the dragon, that's these deceivers in many cases who, uh, as we just saw, consider themselves Christians, but they're not. Uh, this falling away to the earth is going to be overwhelmingly people who have never received the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying all. That's not true. Because you can have the Holy Spirit and not obey the Holy Spirit. There are people that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but don't continue to ask God to fill them as they did in the book of Acts. And they may think that because they still speak in tongues or something like that, that they uh, still have the Holy Spirit in its fullness, but they don't. So there are many who have received the Holy Spirit in the past and are very self-righteous about it, very religious about it, and uh, they fall away and do wrong things. And uh, people, uh, as I've had people tell me, you know, I saw so-and-so, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but he did this, that, and the other. I said, well, he wasn't a good witness. I said, having the Holy Spirit is not obeying the Holy Spirit. After you get the Holy Spirit, you must listen to the Holy Spirit. He will lead you and guide you in all truth. And this person had fallen away because somebody who had been filled with the Holy Spirit led his wife astray. And he was very offended then with people who received the Holy Spirit. I told him that's not the fault of the Holy Spirit. That's the fault of that person, you know. And it's so true. There are a lot of people like that. But the overwhelming majority of people are those who do not find power to walk with Jesus. You will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You see, the Holy Spirit causes us to be a witness of Jesus' life, right? And the Holy Spirit uh, empowers us to not only walk away from the old life and sin, if we know about these principles, some don't, uh, uh, but he empowers us to live the Christian life. It was never ordained. He told his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem till they received this promise of the Father. And then go. He doesn't make preachers that aren't filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidences of the gifts. The primarily one, The primary one is, of course, speaking in tongues. Because it's so it's so important to speak in tongues. They they belittle it, but it is very important because we don't know what we should pray for. But the Holy Spirit 
prays through us in tongues uh, for things that we don't know and uh, we can't see with our eyes or hear with our ears. And he always prays according to the will of God. And so he always gets what he prays for. Now tell me that's not important. You who have been lied to about the Holy Spirit. God didn't say anything bad about the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures. If preachers are preaching against the Holy Spirit, they're blaspheming the Spirit of God. Pure and simple. Read the book of Acts and get what they got. If you get what they got, you will do what they did. And if you do what they did, you will get what they got. (laughs) Do you understand? Uh, No, I didn't hear that. That just came to me one day, and I believe it came from, yes, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So, uh, we must run after the true Jesus, the real Jesus. We are chasing him like the Shulamite in the Song of Solomon. And you won't be you won't have this fervor without being filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, Well, I was filled with the Holy Spirit once, but um I I, I don't know. I don't I don't speak in tongues anymore and so I don't I don't know. I said, Well look, get it again. In the book of Acts, they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. See, you know, when Jesus uh, touched someone, uh, uh, power came out of him and touched that person. You know, the Holy Spirit is like a river of living water that they that believed on him were to receive. This river of living water is supposed to be flowing out of you and also flowing into you. So you have to continue to have this relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So draw near to God every day. In fact, ask him. I, I, I can remember for years uh, of praying to God, Lord, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit today, and having just electricity running from the top of my head to my feet. Just powerful. Every time I prayed that, it happened. And I still pray it today and feel it. So, yes, you you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will run after Jesus. Because anybody who's filled with the Holy Spirit loves Jesus. And they're seeking the real Jesus. Amen? So, you can't believe everybody, obviously, um, uh, who says that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They may not be anymore. Um, but at any rate, if you are looking for the real Jesus in the Bible, the Holy Spirit will take those words and he will reveal to you the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. Any church that says all this passed away with the apostles, they don't have the real Jesus. Because Jesus said what a disciple was. And they have no right to tell you a disciple is anything different. They're apostates, fallen away. That's what apostate means. They're fallen away. So uh, their church teaches lies. And uh, they're dragging people out of the heavenlies and casting them down to the earthly 
where they can be trampled on by the dragon. They don't know the power of God to preserve, to heal, to deliver. If they knew God healed, why would they run and take a shot that everybody told them will kill you? <laughs> See, well, if they had any faith, would they do that? Well, no, they wouldn't. Would they trust in the arm of the flesh? Well, no, they wouldn't. Cursed is the man that trusts in man and maketh the flesh his arm. God Almighty cursed people who trusted in the arm of the flesh. Now, I'm not saying if you took the shot, Jesus won't heal you. If you repent and turn to him, he will heal you of that. He doesn't care how it came into you. It won't make any difference whether they sprayed it on you from the sky or whether you caught it from somebody next to you or whether you took the shot. It makes no difference. The Lord forgives your sins if you repent and he will heal you. Uh, many people are dying and many more people will die of this. As a matter of fact, when we read about the tribulation in uh the book of Revelation, we see that there is a, uh, a great many people who evidently become diseased and die. And this is going to go on for years. People's lives have been shortened by this. I mean, these people are Satanists. They believe in depopulation, and they are killing people. So, go trust in Jesus, because they're not finished. Even when this crowd is gone and Babylon is conquered, there's a new batch coming. And you know they're even worse. And they're going to do the same things. And who do they like to kill the most? Well, read Revelation 13. They're making war against the saints. They hate the saints. Hmm. So, we need to be those saints who are seated in heavenly places with Christ and not upon the earth. The earthly, which have been kept there by false Christian religions, uh, is a dangerous place to be because these people are afraid, they're fearful. They will do what they have to do to save their life. But Jesus said, if you save your life, you're going to lose your life. Some of these people, the only way they're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven is through believing in Jesus and not accepting what they want to force upon you or give you the mark of the beast. If you deny the Lord, this will be an eternal damnation. You must believe in the Lord and accept the Lord when they want to force this. Uh, by the way, this was a test of, uh, of the mark of the beast. This was a test of it. It's not the timing of it, but it was a test. They know how to do it. They know how to get people to take it. The test was successful. They know this. The people following will know this too. You cannot deny Jesus. You must accept what the Word of God says about him. You must walk by faith. The righteous shall live from faith, and the wicked will not. It's that simple. 
What is going to make the difference between those who follow Jesus and those who fall away? Faith. Faith. Believing what the Bible says. If you don't believe what the Bible says, it doesn't matter what your faith is in. It won't work. So, repent. Find Jesus in the Bible, the real Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, or ask the Father to show you, because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father, and He will show you. Jesus said the Holy Spirit proceeded from the Father, right? Notice it says, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father. <laughs> yes, and the Holy Spirit is everywhere. You can't be anywhere He's not. So, uh, ask the Father to fill you with His Holy Spirit. And uh, don't say, well, Father, I want you to fill me, but I don't want those tongues. I've heard people tell me that, you know. I said, that's not your choice to make. In the book of Acts, that's what they did. They spoke in tongues because they needed the Holy Spirit to pray through them. Okay, They needed it. It was the most important thing, not the least important thing, the most important thing. In other words, why did God give that as the most often gift given in the Bible when a person received the Holy Spirit? It's the most important thing. If he says it's important, then he would give it more than anything else, and he does. And Paul said, I, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Look what it did for him. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, Father, fill us mightily with your Holy Spirit, and we want to know the real Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. We don't believe these people who say this all passed away and that all passed away when uh, there are plenty of people out there still receiving powerful gifts from the Lord, healing, miracles, so on and so forth. They just close their ears because their preachers told them to do so. They just have closed their ears. They've closed their eyes. Even though these people are witnessing to them of signs and wonders and miracles that the Lord is still doing today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, as his word says. How can they be so blind? That's what religious spirits do to people. They trap them in an idolatry with the preacher who does not speak the word of God. We must repent and follow the real Jesus. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And so that you what? Don't partake of her plagues. Oh my goodness. Look who's being taken out by the plagues. Mm-hmm. If you don't come out, you will have the plagues. And if you add to his word or take away from his word, you'll be under the plagues. Read the last four verses of the book. You're under the plagues. If you add to or take away from the word, you don't want to do that. So uh, repent and believe the word. Forget your religion. Go and read the word. See, what happened to me when I came to the Lord was I never stopped reading my Bible. <laughs> I wasn't saying, hey, these people know more than me. At first I thought that, but then I realized, hey, that's not true. I just read this and this and this. Oh, that's not true. You know? So the first church I went to, I didn't last a month. I was gone. 
So these people don't believe this book. So I kept on reading. And when I kept on reading, I was delivered from the next religion I went to. And that was the last religion I went to. I'm not, 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 I mean, I go to them. I speak to people. I, I, I know my brothers and sisters. I want them to have more of the kingdom of God. And so, but I mean, as far as being a member, <laughs> it ain't going to happen. I'm a member of the body of Christ. Come out from among them and be separate. That's what the Lord says. It's getting late. Uh, the plagues are coming upon Babylon. Can't you see? Overwhelmingly, the people who are dying of this are leftists. Apostate Christians, too. So overwhelmingly. So come out from among them and be separate. Don't partake of her plagues. Revelation 18. Well, Father, thank you so much for this word today, and thank you for drawing us to run after you like that Shulamite. We want the real Jesus, Father. We are in love with the real Jesus, Father. Draw us to run after you, Lord, and thank you so much for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. God bless you, saints. We'll do this again soon. Bye-bye. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. I trust in.
Jesus, I trust in you.